Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
No, it is. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. It's pretty bad. It's more sour than I was expecting. <laughs> Episodes off. <laughs> let's, you know, let's just, let's just put cards on the table. I don't like it at all. <laughs> so when I was reading the recipe, I got off of a Pinterest post. <laughs> I I didn't, I looked at it and I saw, ooh, pretty blue drink, which will be important later. You know what the episode is. Clearly you've read the title. We've done that joke before. Blue was important and it was a margarita. We'd never had tequila on the show before. Let's try it. What I didn't read into much further was the actual recipe, which called for a third cup fresh squeezed lime juice, which in retrospect seems like a lot of lime juice. On top of another third cup of triple sec. I'm sorry, y'all. This is gross. This is a gross beverage. With a bunch of blended ice, it would still be gross, but <laughs> the consistency would be pretty good. It so kinda, you just want to eat some it just wants ice. ice. It kind of tastes like a car battery, like fucked a grapefruit. That's that's kind of what uh, this drink tastes like. Yes, you know, I'm a good notes question. A good question. Does does triple sec go bad? Does it have an expiration date? It's a good question. This sounds we should go. Ours did. Ours uh <laughs> looks like it's from about the time I was born. It's we got just a happen to have it in our alcohol cabinet. It has a strange smell. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very it's very sour. I'm not gonna drink anymore. No. Maybe, you know, if we put a bunch of sprite in it or something. Yeah, it, it definitely up. it definitely needs to be watered down a bit. It's, it is very tart. Very, mm-hmm. very sour. Yeah, um, that's terrible. Sorry, y'all. We'll eventually try a margarita again. This was well, yeah. an experiment. <laughs> I'm I'm just happy that we killed like half of my bottle of tequila because there's no way I was ever going to drink that. Like that tequila, it's just, it was just going to sit in there forever uh, because it is the same brand that I threw up 12 years ago. And my brain is like, oh. no, nope, we're, uh, we're good. We ain't doing that no more. <laughs> well, you know, we've had bad drinks on the show before. But I think this is the first one that we all noped out of. Like, there were some bad shots that I was like, guys, this is not going to be good, but it is a shot. This? Mm-mm. No, thank you. Not great. We'll have to figure out a different alcoholic beverage to enjoy the show. We both have the same bourbon. You know, we're always down for bourbon. So, yeah, that, uh, sorry about that drink. Uh, not the best drink, but it's blue. Which is an awkward segue into uh, the show that we're going to watch today. As you've probably seen from the title of this podcast, we are watching Freakazoid. Yeah. Yes. I um, I don't have much memories of this, but when I told my wife that's what we were recording, she uh, came upstairs and was going to watch it with us on the TV because apparently she was a big fan of it when she mm. was a kid. That's kind of Sur- shocking to me. because Surprising. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, I've. I remember it as being like kind of an adult show or not like super adult, but like she wasn't allowed to watch shit when she was a kid. Yeah. But she watched Freakazoid <laughs> somehow. I don't I don't understand how it happened. Well, would you like some info on the show? That's a good idea. Uh, this uh, this drink is currently eating the glass that it's in. Is that a problem? Um, um, I mean, you probably have enough time to secure it in the thicker glass and or I don't know nuclear waste site but <laughs> all right so freakazoid freakazoid is an american superhero animated television series created by bruce tim and paul dini 
and developed by Tom Ruger for the kids WB programming block of the WB. Freakazoid (laughs) was one of the first shows to debut on the then-new Kids WB Saturday morning block and aired on September 9th, 1995. It lasted for just two seasons. Well, two seasons-ish. It was like first full season, second season. It it got canned. Um, It ended with a total of 24 episodes. The final episode of Freakazoid aired on June 1st, 1997, which is like, if you guys want to feel real old, more than 25 years ago, is that 26 years or so? Like it's uh, the year my sister Macy was born, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, that's ouch. uh, That hurts. On to painful things. Originally, the show struggled with ratings, as seems to be the case with a lot of cartoons that eventually have a cult following. After the show was canceled for the low ratings, Cartoon Network picked it up and ran reruns, fanning the flames of the show's fandom. Turns out, the show's target audience, kids, didn't really like the wacky superhero as much as teens and adults did. This led to the cancellation, but also eventually a rabid following of the show. So it's kind of like what we see a lot of times with weird early 90s shows where it gets like one or two seasons and then it gets canceled because its target audience isn't getting it. And it's like, that's so weird to me. Like, sure, it could be a good show, but if you're not marketing it correctly, that's another thing, I guess. In talking about the series itself, it chronicles the adventures of the title character, of course, Freakazoid. Freakazoid is a crazy, quote-unquote, superhero who battles with an array of supervillains who are also, most of the time, pretty zany themselves. The show also features mini-episodes of adventures of other bizarre superheroes just for fun. They mini-episode it randomly throughout the series. Yeah. Believe it or not, creator Bruce Tim originally intended it to be a straightforward superhero action-adventure cartoon with some comedies sprinkled in. More along the lines of Batman or Spider-Man, not like all comedy. That's super weird to think about. Yeah, like it was supposed to be kind of serious and dark. A dark freakazoid. freakazoid. But I just picture him like talking like the Nolan Batman. You know, he's going, (laughs) where is she? (laughs) But freakazoid. But freakazoid. (laughs) But uh, a little known executive producer named Steven Spielberg asked the series producer and writer Tom Ruger and the Animaniacs team to turn Freakazoid into a flat-out comedy, which I imagine you're like, you're writing the show and you're like, yeah, it's going to be another superhero. It's going to be real gritty. It's going to be real dark. It's going to be awesome. We're going to put some humor in it for the kids, but you know, dark. And then Steven <laughs> Spielberg is like, you know what? No, I think it's a comedy. And then you have to, you have to, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you don't get, and I'm sure it was more collaborative than that, but like, you know, everybody's right. been on a project em? where you and the rest of your team are collaborating and you're really excited and you like the idea. And then your higher up comes in and goes completely backwards. Do it the other way. <laughs> Everybody's been there. And that felt, that kind of feels like what happened to Freakazoid is they are just, I like I, it funny instead. I like to think that it wasn't collaborative at all. They were just like, this is going to happen. And then the creator's <laughs> just at the premiere. He's like, my boy, look what you've done to my boy. <laughs> He's Single like the tier. only one. <laughs> Oh, gosh. The show is very similar to fellow uh, Ruger-led programs, such as Animaniacs. And the humor includes, kind of along the same lines as Animaniacs, slapstick, 
lots of fourth wall breakings, parody, surreal humor, and of course, lots and lots and lots of pop culture references. The episode that we're going to watch today is called Island of Dr. Mystico. It's the 21st episode of the series, so really, really close to the end. It's season two, episode eight, which aired on February 7th, 1997. Nice. And I do have some fun facts, if y'all are ready for some fun facts as well. Um, let's just, let's take some time to discuss this, Aya. Um, you want to hear some fun facts? Uh, I mean, I, I want you to make an informed decision. Y- y- yes, I, I would like to hear some fun facts. Second I feel plus. so much pressure right now. <laughs> Man, we really got to talk about that anxiety. <laughs> uh, yes, let's hear some fun facts. It has been argued that Freakazoid is technically a Batman the Animated Series spinoff. And Batman actually makes a cameo in the episode called Dance of Doom. He has no voice lines. And the narrator concludes that Batman is unable to help Freakazoid in a supervillain situation because he's on another network. <laughs> That's it. Wow. He just says he could help him. He could be, oh, I think it's on something along the lines of the superhero that could help him is on another network. Like it yeah. just pans away from him. Um, another fun fact Freakazoid once briefly developed telekinesis triggered by anger that was then never mentioned again after that specific episode. <laughs> oh my God. I'm pretty sure I only have like one really strong memory of Freakazoid. And uh, me and my brother were both like really big fans of the show, although it didn't really it didn't stick with me that well. But this one thing did. And I think it's that episode where he he gets like telekinesis or something and he keeps trying to hover a brick and the brick keeps whacking him right in the face. (laughs) And it happens so much that he like starts to go insane. And then the only thing he can say is brick. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. And like huh. I, I to this day, anytime that I see like bricks, I'm like brick and immediately think of that. So I really hope that that is an actual freakazoid memory, because knowing you and your brother, maybe oh, there was a been. time that Mark just smashed you in the face <laughs> with a brick. Very well could have been. A, a time that or, Mark smashed him in the face with a brick. <laughs> or multiple times. I don't know. I'm just picturing like. It's you saying brick, Saya. It's not Freakazoid. <laughs> this is an episode, buddy. <laughs> That's good, Josiah. Brick. Brick. <laughs> and the last fun fact that I have for you. While I was looking around for Freakazoid facts, I was trying to find out um, if there was going to be a Freakazoid reboot. It seemed to be a pretty popular uh, question online and, and with everything I was looking at. Lots of people. When is the reboot going to come out? Because, you know, recently they rebooted or they redid Animaniacs. We had that episode. We did Animaniacs. Right. Um, Tiny Toons is another one that they've announced and or have put out again. There's just a lot of stuff kind of coming from that same network that they're like, hey, all right, when's Freakazoid coming out? On July 9th, 2019, Paul Rugg posted a tweet telling fans that if they wanted a reboot, they needed to start making some noise about it. Which led me to find an actual petition on change.org demanding a Freakazoid reboot. And I'm telling you, like, 
the person that wrote this petition did a great job with like what they were describing and the information they had and like expressing how much they really wanted the show to come back. It was really well done. It looks as though it was posted about two years ago or so. And as of tonight, I just checked it before we started recording here, they have 360 signatures. Oh, so not even close. <laughs> so if you're looking for a reboot of Freakazoid, maybe check out that petition, which is on change.org. Throw your name on there. Give them more than 360 Man. signatures. Yeah, for real. Like, um, I, I I wanted to get the 100,000 just so Biden has to, like, respond to it. Because he's going to like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> what, what is this? I just, it was a very well written, uh, well, it was a very easy to read, very entertaining petition. Yeah. Definitely some some artistic choices in the way that uh, it was presented. Uh, you'll just go see it. Go see it if you're going to go sign it. Change.org. Bring back Freakazoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's we'll we'll watch this episode and then we'll determine whether people need to I go to Change.org. I think that's probably a yeah. safe thing to say. Let's watch it first. Decide yeah. if it's a thing or if we just cut that whole segment out and you don't even know there's a petition. <laughs> I am slightly nervous about it because I do remember really liking the show, but I also remember a lot of fourth wall breaking. There's a lot of jokes about like popular characters, pop culture, uh, a lot of political jokes and stuff. That's one of the memories I kind of have too, is that there, there was a lot of jokes that kind of went over my head, not because like I didn't get the joke, but because I didn't know what person they were making fun mm. of. And I kind of remember it being almost this, like a little bit like troll humor mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing. And I don't know if that ages well yeah. or not. I also don't know how it would be in a reboot. Like Animaniacs somehow pulled it off. Yeah, they, they sure did. And I kind of remember it feeling more like Animaniacs mm -hmm. or having like a similar feel, but yeah, that would be that would be interesting to say the least. Yeah, and a lot of people were online comparing Freakazoid to Animaniacs for the humor style. But I also saw a lot of, of folks saying that Freakazoid is very much like a PG Deadpool. Yeah, um, I can picture that. So, you know, I don't know how well that humor translates over to the audience that they originally aimed for. But there might be a market for a PG Deadpool. I mean, also there's just Deadpool, so you could you could just go watch yeah, that. Yeah, I mean... But Maybe that was one of the reasons it got canceled is because it was kind of like ahead of its time. I can't think of another thing from that era that was like like a PG Deadpool or that fourth wall breaking. I mean, Animaniacs kind of mm -hmm. did too, but... I can. It's the 90s Spider-Man. I mean, mm -hmm. Spider-Man oh, yeah, is basically true. just not, uh, like PG Deadpool mm -hmm. uh, or G Deadpool. G Deadpool. Uh, the uh, Gangsta Deadpool is what I was getting at. Um, Clearly, yes. <laughs> I don't remember a lot. I remember watching it. I don't remember anything specifically about it. Besides that, I was kind of freaked out by Freakazoid. Like, really? Just yeah, he was kind of a weird-looking character with like a crazy smile. And I don't know for some reason that weirded me out a bit. That's literally all I remember as an adult. But also, my brain sucks, so I don't remember <laughs> anything. The other thing that I remember is they had a lot of villains. I hope it comes up, but they had a lot of villains that were like absolutely ridiculous and that was kind of the 
the shtick of it too was kind of making fun of making fun of comic books and like superhero culture and stuff and poking fun at some of that. So there were there were some supervillains who had like super, super lame powers. Aww. I did not watch this show at all. I can I have a memory of being a kid and it coming on and the only reason I know the theme song is because when I heard it I turned it off. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not like I didn't enjoy cartoons. I, I have no idea why I never watched it, but I I know I would specifically turn the TV off. So wow. I'm interested to see how this goes or, you know, maybe maybe my kid's sense of humor was just not developed enough to enjoy it. Or, you know, maybe I'll hate it. I don't know. Maybe it's the blue mark. It looks real good, but we'll see. <laughs> You know, there's a really easy way to find out if this is a good show or not. Do we have to drink the tequila again? Yes, we have to chug <laughs> the tequila. I think that might skew the results because <laughs> we'll either be drunk or dead in either way. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to uh, grab some new drinks. We're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy that, and we are going to uh, watch Freakazoid. So you should probably join us after the break and listen to our review. You've heard the podcast. You know how this goes. I'll return after these messages. Hey, put that remote down. Put it down. And we're back. We just watched Freakazoid. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> it's pretty that, weird. That was that quite a was, jolt freak. <laughs> that was quite a jolt freak. <laughs> okay, we had to Google what the fuck she was saying. She only said it like seventeen times in this episode. Oh, but it wasn't. It wasn't clear at all. Not even a little bit. Is that like your catchphrase or something? It must be. I got that is that is quite. Uh, and I thought she was saying joke freak, that's, but it's yeah, jolt that's what I was freak. Out. I'll I'll play that right here. That was kind of jolt freak. Magic. God damn, that was some good editing. <laughs> I'm not going to put anything there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in control of this ship, so yeah. you know. <laughs> You know, it's it's you you have all the power here. Yeah, uh that intro song was great. It was really funny. Um, straight up Animaniacs. Like yeah. right down to like Freakazoid playing the Marimba on mm-hmm. like side character's head. Like that's just right. straight up Animaniacs. Also, in the intro and then partway through the episode, there's just real life monkeys. <laughs> that they use. Yep, I do remember that too. Is some that stuff, a, some stuff? Kind of came came back. Uh, I remember them having a lot of uh, like technical difficulties, and they would pan over to like uh, fish in a fishbowl or something, and they just, just with music. They just made the episode too short, so they were like, you know what? I think that's what fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> I I respect that. Um, who was brave enough to break down this episode? I'll give it a whack. Please, please whack it, Kayla. Never mind. I changed my mind. (laughs) So, you know, I'll just, I'll read the description of the episode itself now that we've watched it and we can elaborate from there. An evil scientist crashes Freak's plane, trying to add his human stock for his experiments in crossbreeding with orangutans. So there's a lot left out in that description. Yes, um, but it's is. actually, it's, it might be right to the point. So Freakazoid is flying a plane from the United States to France to drop off villains that he has captured. And they're all on this plane. 
And he's got like a co-pilot, his love interest Steph, and then there's another character who's like acting as like the steward of the plane and like serving meals and stuff. I want to say his name is like Cosgrove or something. He's like the police. Oh, the Detective Cosgrove was the the co-pilot. Co-pilot. I think right. they kept calling him Professor. The the guy's acting as the steward. So Professor something. Professor something. They're on this plane and they're flying over the Atlantic to drop off bad guys to France. And they crash on an island run by Tim Curry as a weird dude with a cat in a laboratory. One thing I really want to touch on is there's several ridiculous little jokes here and there. But one is like they show kind of glimpses of Tim Curry's character as like being evil. And he like deploys a gun to bring down Freakazoid's plane and it like extends out to this big look like cannon looking thing. Mm -hmm. And at the very end is like a little pocket mirror that's just shining light in Freakazoid's face. So that he crashes the plane instead of a cannon, (laughs) instead of shooting them down, he uses it's like a, like a pocket mirror, like a powder mirror to shine a light on his face to crash them. So they crash and, Tim Curry with a cat decides that he's going to capture him and all the villains and use them in this experiment where he is mixing orangutans and people. And I thought, and maybe I just missed it in the episode. I thought it was going to be like one of those weird, like laser beam situations or like, you know, fly situations where they like morph people into animals and animals into people like smush them together. I didn't pick up that there was going to be crossbreeding as the episode describes it. Um, yeah, yeah. They okay. So in the episode proper, they made it seem like there was going to be like some sort of like we're going to splice you together. Like there's literally like an operating chair and like like tools around. But the description was pretty clear that there was going to be some human animal fucking going on. Yeah, and like, you know, now I'm wondering all of the creations that this character, this Tim Curry character already had, they all looked the same. So did did they have the same papa? Like I don't no. uh, so I, I saw the disappointment in your eyes while looking at me after I said that. So, you know. No disappointment here. I'm I'm on board. Gross. That's gross. <laughs> So they get trapped in a basement laboratory in um, what they called micro uh, bamboo. Was that right? Yeah, it was like extra strong bamboo. Yeah, they're something. all I think in they like call that molecular bamboo. Molecular bamboo, bamboo. Yeah. and they're they're all supposed to have like super strength and be like superhero or super villain. And they try really hard to break this bamboo, and then. Um, somebody goes, no, it's molecular bamboo. <laughs> so, like, that is supposed to explain why they can't break out of it. We're all like, oh, yeah, molecular bamboo. That's right. right. And then Freakazoid's like, oh, we just got a new uh, production assistant. He's great. Let me call him. So he asks for one of the villains, hey, do you still have your cell phone? Which is, like, basically a wall phone, except it, it folds out. It's not a flip phone. It's different than a flip phone. It, it's a fold phone. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, back in the 90s, kids, uh, there were cellular devices. They were the size of a brick. Mm-hmm. And brick. 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 
break. And there was one foldy part, but it was just a piece of plastic that would cover up the keys. And that was it. Those were cell phones back in the day. So he takes out a cell phone. He has a conversation with the production assistant who shows up like 30 seconds later and apologizes for being late, gives everybody coffee and gives them a key to unlock the cage, which is how they escape. Um, they run to the beach, to their plane, where they left two of their people behind to fix said plane. And there is, of course, there's a, um, a monkey on the wing joke, ape right. on the wing joke, as they're flying away. And, and then they fly away. That's a, a overview, a, a breakdown of it. There were a lot of Kissinger jokes, because it's the 90s. If you don't know, I, don't, I, I just... That's what you did in the 90s is you just... I will say the Henry Kissinger jokes, it wasn't even kind of jokes. It was just showing Henry Kissinger and him doing a stupid voice. It, it was like every time. It was him doing his best like Sylvester Stallone. It was just like... I can't understand you. And it was great. Yeah, there was a lot of those. There was a lot of like randomness. At one point, there was a breakdown about the buddy system, which is where you hold hands <laughs> with a person that's closest to you so that you can both protect each other. I liked that part. It was super weird. It felt so strange because they they put in a bunch of B-roll of like there was chimpanzees holding hands. Mm-hmm. And then there was like an elderly couple who was cuddling and holding hands. And like a baby reaching up to its mom. <laughs> yeah. Like, What? Uh, yeah. And those, those weren't animated. Those were like right. real life B-roll of babies and, um, adults and chimps holding hands. And old people like just about to go at it. Like that was, yeah. uh, they, they were, they were setting on a park bench. They really were. And I, and like the, it cut out like right before, like, uh, grandma took her dentures out. Like it was, it was oh, getting pretty close. God, gross again. <laughs> Okay. I'm in a mood today. Apparently. It was super weird. I don't know after having watched this one if this is one that is out of the norm for the series or not. It's really difficult to tell. It started off with someone, I forget who that was, but uh, like a regular guy sitting on a stage set saying like, so this is a really weird episode that we thought that we would do. You know, many consider the island of Dr. Mystico one of the most pointless freakazoid adventures ever made. So we all immediately yeah. were like, oh, great. great. So this is going to be outside I remember, the norm. I remember in the 90s, like on like AMC or like a show uh, or a station like that, they used to like play movies and they would have someone in, in the beginning. It would be like a... Uh, like someone who was a professional movie critic or like a movie scholar or something, they would be like, you know, today we're watching, you know, and then they would kind of go into like the significance of the movie. That's kind of what they did in the beginning, but an episode of Freakazoid, which is right. just a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, no one in, you know, 2021 would even fucking remember that shit or uh, even really, or if anyone was born, even in the mid nineties, wouldn't even know what the fuck that is. So that's, that's quite the, quite the deep cut. It's like the commentary at the end of the game of Thrones episode of the creators of game of Thrones that are like, yeah, so we chose this character to do this because it did that. I turn that shit off every time. Yeah. We don't you care. ruined it. Stop talking about it. I'm sorry. 
There was a couple standout moments to me. Um, the I don't know if he's like the chief of police or whoever he is. He was like the co-pilot in this instance. Mm-hmm. His voice, like it never really changes. It's always just like the same, like, you know, all right, Freak, we got to go do this thing over yeah. here. And so there's this like this running joke that they were doing because Freakazoid is flying the plane. And then they're just like talking. And then the guy would just be like, plane. And then it was just like an airplane is coming towards theirs. And Freak has to like swerve around. And then it was a uh, uh, blimp. And then he had to avoid a blimp. And then it was Marlon Brando. And then there's just a giant fat Marlon Brando <laughs> floating towards the plane, just was... making Marlon Brando noises. <laughs> it was, again, no one really anymore knows who Marlon Brando is, uh, but I, I really respected too. that. That was that was quite funny. And then the uh, the other standout part was there's just this villain that's just kind of a ghost, I guess. Is he supposed to be a ghost or a phantom He's like of a some sort? Scarecrow ghost. I don't know what he is. So when they crash on the island, Freakazoid like is kind of giving everyone like things to do. And the ghost character is like, what would you like me to do? And Frick's like, hmm, go scare the professor. So then the rest of the episode is just, just him like chasing the professor. Behind him. <laughs> you just hear him screaming in the background, too. Yeah. It was great. That, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, it was strange. I don't know. Should we should we hop into uh, to our reviews here? Yeah. Um, I think the only logical rating for this week would be zero to five. Uh, that Freaks. was quite a jolt, Freak. Um so that's that's what we're gonna do. That was quite a jolt freak. We were all so frustrated every time like, she what said is it. She's saying, <laughs> and it literally sounded like it was a line recorded in like season one, and they just keep using it because yeah, it was it the same be, every time. It must be like a running joke or something like that. Yeah, which we which we did not get. Um, I'll go first because why why not? I can do that. I, I can do whatever I want. This is our podcast, Free Country. <laughs> Uh, all right (laughs) you gonna make it (laughs) no no i had no expectations going into this uh because i don't particularly remember much about it um it was exactly how you described it in the first segment it is animaniacs like through and through this Mm -hmm. is just straight up animaniacs but with a vaguely superhero like character um as as the uh as the uh, protagonist, I liked quite a few of the jokes that they did. I love the theme song. It was just as weird and wacky as like classic Animaniacs. Um, I liked the villain creatures. I feel like they would have made more sense to me if I would have watched the series as a whole, because you can even just tell in just, in just this episode that they are like kind of clearly like emulating like DC villains, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, and I really kind of enjoyed that. There was a lot of fourth wall breaking besides like Freak just kind of calling like his like PA to come and like give him a key and coffee so they can get out of the molecular bamboo or whatever the fuck that was. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of like, uh, well, how come he's in charge? And like, well, it's his show. Like, it's just like a normal thing. Like, this is his television show. Clearly, he's going to be the one calling the shots. And then freak falls into like quicksand and one of the villain characters is like kind of thinking like to himself like should i rescue him if i don't maybe i'll be the leader of this show and so even like they're all aware that they're in a television show um which which is pretty fun and then motherfucking tim curry Mm -hmm. is in this and just brings it like like tim curry never doesn't bring it right he never (laughs) he never goes half you know it's always whole 
the the only thing that distracted me besides this show being a distracting show was that I just kept hearing Nigel Thornberry the entire Evil time Nigel Tim Kerr was talking. It was very very similar, especially hearing him talk about orangutans. He exactly. Did orangutan. Like. <laughs> exactly. I assure you the orangu men are perfectly harmless. Just was, like Nigel. I was just waiting for him to drop a smashing, and then I would have just right. like lost my shit. So, I mean, everyone knows my criteria. It's got to look good. It's got to sound good. It's got to have jokes. Um, it kind of hit all those boxes for me. I, I, I did really enjoy it. I think that it wasn't as good as being Animaniacs as Animaniacs is and was. So, you know, it's that's that's kind of a, a hard show to follow. I also just couldn't stop thinking about, like, this poor dude wanted this to be a serious superhero show. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that hard to picture? That is extremely hard to picture. And they just destroyed his dream. Yeah, they're like, Spielberg's like, hey, listen, love the idea. Why don't we just make this Animaniacs, but we'll throw a superhero skin on it? Um, because that's that's literally what it was. Yeah. Like, it, or what it is, rather. But but despite that, I'm a huge fan of Animaniacs, and I really enjoyed this. There was a lot of what the fucks. Um, it's definitely showing its age, not necessarily with the visuals, but with the references. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw a Marlon Brando and a Henry Kissinger in there, you're going to date the fuck out of yourself. I think that was dated in 97, let's be yeah. real. Yeah. Um, but despite all that, I really enjoyed it. I, I think it deserves a solid four for me. Um, for uh, that was quite a jolt freak. Um, I, I, I had a good time. Uh, let's go with uh, Kayla. Well, I don't, I don't want to incur the hate of any cult followers of this show, but uh, this wasn't my thing. I think young Kayla made one good decision, and that was eh, probably watching something else. I don't hate it. It wasn't like offensive for one one gosh darn time for a 90s cartoon. Um wasn't offensive. I didn't hate it. I just it was it was just a little too much for my brain to follow. And it could be we jumped into a series towards the end of it, something like that, but there wasn't really anything that pulled me to any of the characters. The jokes were like <laughs> like I didn't really laugh too hard at anything and I don't know. So nostalgia factor, it's not there because I just turned the bad lad off when I was a child. The animation, it's Animaniacs. <laughs> it's just reskinned with superheroes, um, which is decent. It's not terrible, but it's not doesn't really strike me as original either or like, you know, better than Animaniacs who did kind of the same thing. Yeah. So for me, I'm not really giving it too many. I think... I think I'm going to be giving it like two. That was quite a jolt freak. I I think this episode in, in specific, in particular, focused too much on breaking the fourth wall and too much on we know we're cartoons and too much on that style of humor. It's really funny if we're comparing it to Animaniacs when one of the Animaniacs for a quick segment just kind of gives a look at the camera. But if throughout the entire episode, the characters are just talking specifically to you, it, it's not funny to me. It's not a gag or a bit anymore. It's just kind of a crutch. 
So I didn't really enjoy that too much. Best part, Tim Curry with a weird cat. I really like the weird cat, which talked to him about having to use apparently the litter box mid creepy evil scientist rant. So that was cute. Um, but yeah, I am giving this a two. Please. You know what? At me. I don't care. Do it. At me. <laughs> Kayla's canceled. I was going to say, please don't at me, but do it. I don't care. Let me know what you liked about it. I It just wasn't my back. It wasn't for me. That's fair. Also, you reminded me with the cat, there's just a random musical number halfway through the episode when they're sneaking That's around. That's true. I, for, oh, I forgot you know, about that. One of the, uh, that was quite a jolt freak for the cat. The other one for that musical number, because it wasn't bad. It should have been yeah. the entire episode. <laughs> and you make an interesting point, too, where like Animaniacs can get away with that. Animaniacs literally live on the Warner Brothers lot yeah. where they're creating all these shows. Yeah. Where this is a superhero that's supposed to be a superhero. But, you know, I don't know. I'm easily entertained. Yeah, this one, this one hit a little bit of a weird spot for me because I totally get where you're coming from with uh, the strange fourth wall breaking I was most excited about that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a lot of the fourth wall breaking jokes really landed in this one in particular. They mm-hmm. might in the others. It might yeah. be just fine, but I don't know if it's the structure of this one or not. It seemed less zany than I was picturing in my head of like what I remember. It was still good. There were still a lot of things that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the really weird and random real life b-roll clips that that happened i like macking on a bench (laughs) i liked a lot of the a lot of the jokes it just it is very strange i think it didn't age well for sure i do remember like bill clinton popping up several times in some of the other ones (laughs) yeah he that was a prerequisite for wb shows back then (laughs) yeah so if you're i mean if you're a fan of the show and you haven't seen it in a long time go back and watch it super strange um, let us know what you think, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a respectable three. Um, what what is it again? That was quite a jolt freak. That was quite a jolt freak. You sound disappointed. <laughs> that was quite a jolt freak. That's what. <laughs> that is what the line was supposed to be in the dark and gritty superhero show. Or she just pops up. She's like, "Freak, that was quite a jolt." And then, but <laughs> she's now just it's just like die. That was quite a jolt. She gets electrocuted to death. That's <laughs> that's her last line. <laughs> that She's... was quite a jolt, freak. <sighs> <laughs> I want to see the dark freakazoid. Like I'm so curious of like what his original vision was because this was like this wasn't just like hey let's make it cartoony and zany. This went quite the opposite of what the uh, mm-hmm. original intention was like so so different from what the what it was described what it was supposed to be i'm mm-hmm. thinking of like the 90s batman but yeah. with freakazoid and this was you know if there was anything that was the opposite of 90s batman it would be this television show and that's just yeah. that's crazy mm-hmm. like the original creator just didn't like, well, maybe let's keep a little bit of serious element. Let's make it at least a little bit action-y. There was none of that. This was straight up Animaniacs. And for, for better or for worse, I, I happen to enjoy it. But I also really, really like the Animaniacs. Um, right. I wonder, also, I will sign that petition still if it comes back as Dark Freakazoid. 
if the reboot is what it was truly intended to be. And instead of falling into a dial-up computer, which was adorable, that was cute. he falls into <laughs> like a virus-laden iPhone on the street and then comes out just super gritty. He can only focus on stuff for 60 seconds at a time, and it drives him absolutely crazy because he fell into TikTok. Oh, man. Good Lord. I got that's, it. That might be – that's an HBO Max show for sure. <laughs> it's too dark. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, the black and white Zack Snyder superhero show. Except That'll Freakazoid. <laughs> except Freakazoid. Um, no CG mustache for all you DC fans. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, res- respectable. I'm curious to maybe go back and watch the pilot. I think pilots do a decent job of like, here's our intention, even though this clearly wasn't the creator's intention, <laughs> but here's what the show is going to be about. And just kind of see if that would be something that I'm interested in. Uh, being that this was season two, like at the end and it was being canceled. Uh, maybe they were just like, fuck it. We're doing this Island thing. We're going to go fuck some monkeys. It's going to be weird. Let's just put it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, reading the description and then seeing the categories, like the genre that this episode is supposed to be in, the last line is human stock for his experiments in crossbreeding with orangutans, and the category it's listed under is kids, comma, comedy. So, you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. I want it on record that I hate the phrase human stock. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like that, that's, that's uh, fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's problematic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> hey kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, with that, uh, we're, we're gonna go on break. We're gonna um, inventory our human stock, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to play a little game. Who are you? What have you done to the others? There'll be time for questions later. No, there won't. The show's over in ten minutes. And we're back. Guys, as we do on this podcast, we like to play a game that we definitely don't just come up with on the break in between (laughs) segments. Saya, what you got for us today? So the idea is, much like the show, we are going to pick an idea of a of a serious scene can be from any any media can be from movie, TV, another cartoon but it has to be something serious. And Steven Spielberg is going to come in last minute and tell you to make it a comedy. So what, uh, what scene are you making goofy guys? I had a couple pop into my head. Neither of these are very good. So please don't judge me harshly, but I am ready whenever you guys are. Go for it. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. One of the very first ones to pop into my brain. It is the very serious scene where Thanos is ripping the last stone <laughs> out of Vision's head. Oh, no. It's already been reversed. Like, he's already, like, she thought she killed. He's not dead. It's already back. But instead of Thanos being a being who is trying to kill half of the things in the world, he is instead a giant purple puppy. Aww. And instead of trying to get him to not snap, and kill 50% of the universe. 
They're trying to get him to not eat the stone because he's going to get sick. <laughs> Drop it, damn it. And instead of trying to stop him from snapping his fingers altogether, it's just the entire Marvel Universe trying to get a small stone out of puppy Thanos's mouth. It's so zany. They, come here, puppy. They're calling him. They're trying to get him to come over. They're trying to change out what he has in his mouth. You want a Frisbee instead? It's great. Actually, it's Vision's head. He doesn't want it. Oh, my God. He just wants to eat the stone, and he's very happy about it. And as soon as he does, everybody just sighs and looks at each other and goes, the vet? And then half of them disappear. <laughs> Can I not think we were going with puppy Thanos, but... <laughs> Can I tell you immediately where I thought you were going? Yes, it might be better than where I went. Where are we going? I'm sorry. I just thought you were going to have Thanos go up to Vision and very seriously reach for him and push his head back. And like a Pez dispenser, the stone comes up (laughs) under his chin. (laughs) That would still be disturbing as fuck. The other one I had, unless we want to share um, your guys' idea of a funny scene instead of a serious one. No, go for it. Um, You know the 2009 movie, The Road? Yeah, that really weird... uh... Where it's just depressing as heck, and it's, what is it, Viggo Mortensen, whatever his face is, and his son marching down a road after, like, the world has ended? Yeah, it was a very depressing movie. They're just trying to get to the beach. That's just where they're trying to go. That's the whole movie. <laughs> and instead of that, I think that it is a son and his dad who his dad's car broke down on the side of the road. And this is their adventure to go to the car part shop. And the entire time he's just telling bad dad stories and the son is just not interested. Zaniness occurs. They meet um, folks who are just super colorful and delightful in the entire time. It's very like How I Met Your Mother, where the son just kind of wants to get to the store and get to the end of it and get the stuff and get back to the car. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> I've just changed it to they're going to an auto parts store instead. And it's it's comedy instead of tragedy and terrible. <laughs> also, they're both wearing clown costumes because I said so. <laughs> And now the mental image of that is so much better. <laughs> and uh, what's his face? Mumbly, Mumbly Goo. He just, he's actually. Um, Henry Kissinger is there. Yeah. Mumbly Goo, Henry Kissinger is actually the teller at the auto parts shop. I like it. There you go. Depressing into funny. Puppies and Thanos. Big purple puppy Thanos. <laughs> Don't eat it. Drop it. Drop it. <laughs> I am inevitable. I got a good one. Can I go next? You can. So immediately when I was thinking drama, I went back to one of our family favorites, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. The very serious scene that I'm thinking of is when Andy Dufresne finally goes to, um, spoiler alerts, if anyone has not (laughs) seen this. you haven't seen Shawshank. uh, When he goes to escape the prison and he has to crawl through the tube of of feces in order to escape, shooting that very scene, Steven Spielberg pops in and goes, make this way goofier. How about we have Andy pop up in the warden's toilet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and right there is the warden in a bathrobe. And it's uh, it's Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I thought you were going to make the poop tube a slip and slide. Because, oh, and then like the 
weird music of like popping in and out of doors. What is that? That tune? Um, it's just playing as he slide down a poop slip and slide. That would have been good too. Into Henry Kissinger's warden toilet. I like that. I could totally, I, I'm actually kind of thinking that may already have been like an Animaniacs like a reference. It just seems like something oh, they yeah, would do. Mm-hmm. kind of. Two things popped into my head when you uh, uh, brought up the game. One of them was I already did like in real life kind of goofify a movie. When we were in band in high school, uh, we so many times had to watch the Temptations miniseries, which is a great miniseries, but we had to watch it like 60 times, right? We had a terrible band director, also a pedophile. Not important. What is important is there is a scene in the movie. It's so dramatic and it's so drawn out that it made me laugh every single time. And it's a scene where one of the two of the characters are talking and he's basically telling them that his son died and it's just like it's just taking so long and the, and the character goes are you trying to tell me that my boy is dead and then it's just like i swear it's just like a minute of nothing like no one's saying anything it's just panning like back and forth between these two people and i've seen it like 600 times uh so when we watched it like another time it was that scene are you trying to tell me that my boy is dead and i just couldn't take the silence i'm like no just kidding like i thought that that would have been like a fun way to end that so there's like if it was just like no just kidding then his son pops up hey dad and then ow i know you won't leave me and they just all start dancing and singing and that's how the movie ends that was the first thing that popped (laughs) into my mind wow (laughs) but the, the the thing that I think would be amazing uh, would be there is one reference that we all like to make quite often, and that is one of the ending scenes of Forrest Gump when he goes to finally reunite with Jenny and Jenny tells him that, that she's sick and she's not going to make it, but also that Forrest has a son. And spoiler alerts for Forrest Gump, if you've never fucking watched it, you idiots, go watch Forrest Gump. Forrest is... He's he's got some sort of condition. He's a little slow. Uh, not sure like exactly what he's got, but he learns that he has a son with Jenny, and he it's a really powerful scene where he goes, "Is he smart or is he?" And he couldn't say like, "Is he like me?" He just kind of starts crying. It is such a powerful scene, and I love it. It's amazing. But I just picture Steven Spielberg popping up and going, "Make this goofy." <laughs> So he goes, is he smart or is he like me? And she goes, well, let's just, let, why don't you come meet him? And I just picture like Jenny opening up the door and Forrest walks in and the kid looks exactly like Forrest Gump, is dressed exactly like him. And he's just sitting on a bench inside of his bedroom. <laughs> and tiny Forrest, with a tiny little bench holding a box of chocolate and Forrest goes, fuck. And that's how the scene ends. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think that would be I think that would be fantastic. I could picture that entire thing too. I think that's all I got. The, the other thing that I was going to choose like cuz you mentioned uh Thanos and I was just thinking of that scene where spoiler alert Tony Stark snaps his fingers to get rid of Thanos and he goes and I am Iron Man. I just picture like Iron Man's dad showing up like, hi, Iron Man, I'm dad or something stupid I, like that. that. Would be- <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Oh, my God. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. That joke almost literally killed me. We had to put a small break in there. Uh, 
because I went to speak and I laughed and I swallowed my own spit like a dumb bitch and I choked <laughs> on it for like five minutes. Wow, you were really hard on yourself. <laughs> stupid, Kayla. Stupid, stupid. Don't breathe the spit. <laughs> We've talked about this. Oh my God. I love that joke. Hi, Iron Man. Uh, Sorry, I killed the momentum by choking to death, but that was a fantastic joke. That was... We could we could probably do this for another hour, but I think we need to save it for the next time we forget to come up for it with the game, you know? Oh, yes, definitely. It'll we be our fallback game. Revisit this one. <clears throat> the game, not the choking. <clears throat> yeah, do, let's not revisit the choking. Uh, guys, this was a fun episode. Um, I would like to plug... Grace Note Forge, if I could, uh, your most recent project that you did, um, my wife commissioned you, uh, a little backstory, my wife uh, is a zoologist, she used to work at a zoo uh, in Illinois, and she used to care for a couple gators, and one of them shedded a tooth that she ended up taking, and she commissioned you to turn that tooth into a necklace, and it is absolutely beautiful. You repaired the tooth. You did dentistry on an alligator tooth. <laughs> um, the video is absolutely incredible. You break down uh, like how you made like the wax for it and how you casted it and how you did like these cool patterns in the metal to make it look like scales. And it's 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 I I can't I can't gush it enough. It's absolutely beautiful. The video is amazing. You all need to go to uh, Grace Note Forge's uh, YouTube page and watch it. It's really, really, really cool. And uh, people keep seeing it and are jealous of it and asking where it came from. I'm like, oh, no big deal. Uh, my best friend made it. Uh, he's a blacksmith in his backyard, uh, and which is really awesome. So I just want to plug that. It was so cool. And uh, thank yeah. you again for doing that. Thanks, man. It's so nice. I got nothing in my life besides <laughs> work in this podcast. So let's plug this podcast. Kayla, what do we got going on? <laughs> Um, well, we have episodes coming to you most Mondays of the month. If you are interested in when that might be, or if you want to find out more information about us, check out the posts. Um, I try and post if we make a yummy drink on that week's link for the episode, the ingredients for that drink. Probably won't do that this week, but it does happen. If you're interested in any of that information, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and check out Cartoon Tonic at all three. We are also on Redbubble, where you can get merch, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, although it's a little hot for a hoodie now. You can get a shower curtain or a water tumbler or a phone case. You do have to remove the uh, mature content filter because uh, Brian's character is holding a drink. You know how that is. Um, but you remove that, you can find us right on Redbubble. And anything that you purchase, all of the profits from that come right back into the podcast. Keeps us hosting, keeps us laughing, keeps us choking. Um, keeps us in your ears. That's all, freak. Thanks for listening. I don't do my normal outro. <laughs> Kayla's choking. Josiah Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> this is off the rails. At Cartoon Tonic, we drink responsibly and hope you do too. Thanks for listening.